you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by none other than Jennifer Prasanga. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. I'm glad and excited to be here. I hope I didn't slaughter your name too badly. You were close. It's Braganza, um, but Braganza. it's a hard for many people to pronounce, so no worries. Excellent, excellent. Jennifer, there's people around the world who don't yet know who you are, believe it or not. Would you mind doing a little bit of an introduction and letting them know yeah, who you are, where you ended up, and how you ended up there? Absolutely. So um, I am an engineer by profession and um, training. I started my career in the automotive industry doing product design for um, tires. And uh, after six years working for that global company, went to teach engineering design at a university here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Then I spent 10 years working for a large financial services institution here in the U.S. And about a year ago, moved to work for pretty small company or a small business unit um, called Pontoon Solutions, where I lead an internal, what I'll call an internal consulting team. We do projects supporting the rest of the organization on a project basis, um, and we're part of uh, a large HR company that's global. Um, I also have my own side gig. I've been an entrepreneur on the side since 2007, doing a mix of career coaching for engineers um, training and development, and for the last couple of years, teaching corporate professionals how to be innovators uh, within the corporate environment and culture. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun for at least someone like me. Um, yeah, so, so that's obviously a lot, of, uh, a lot of responsibility and a lot of interesting opportunities, I guess, to explore and work with great people. When you, particularly in a pandemic like this, like how do you manage virtual teams? How do you manage to get the best out of people who are not physically near you? That, that's a great question. So I started leading a global virtual team actually during the pandemic. I uh, changed companies, joined a new company in December of 2020. And uh, my new team is globally dispersed. So I have folks who are based in the United States, people who are based in the UK, um, in Switzerland, in Dubai, in India, um, and in the Philippines. And so time zones are really fun. Uh, We have to find an overlapping time for meetings. But uh, one of the things that I really enjoy is the diversity in thought and an experience that that brings to my team, but it also brings challenges to me as a leader of that organization. And one of the practices that I am a huge advocate for is recognition. So we have a weekly staff meeting, and I always kick off that weekly staff meeting every week the same way, and it's asking people Um, to take a moment to recognize anyone that they need to recognize for something that's happened in the last week. And these aren't big things. It's not that somebody has, or typically it's not that somebody has completed a project and 
brought the company a hundred billion dollars or anything like that. These are ways to appreciate people for the small things that we do um, every single week, day in and day um, out that go above and beyond what we're asked to do. And uh, my goal with my team is that they are specific. So we're recognizing something that's very tangible, very concrete that has taken place in the last week and that we basically round table. And I will tell you that we, we end up having to record our team meetings because sometimes people aren't able to make it. And so they miss being recognized, right? But we record it so they can go back and hear that somebody recognized them. Um, Teams is the tool we use at my company and uh, Microsoft Teams has all of this great functionality with transcriptions and recordings that make it easy for people to go back and hear if they were recognized as well. Um, one of the things that I found doing this, and I, this is something I actually learned from one of the big companies that I that I worked for in the past. Um, so when I moved from that big company to this smaller environment, all of a sudden started realizing all those efforts that we can try and do around employee engagement um, now have to be brought down to a smaller scale because you don't have the budget that those big companies have. But recognition is one of those things that doesn't cost us a thing. It costs us five to seven minutes at the beginning of a team meeting each week. And I will tell you, um, we do quarterly employee engagement surveys where I work. Um, and I see the results. I see my teams in me every quarter that they feel like they're appreciated, they're recognized. And I participate in that. So I'm giving my team positive feedback as well during that, recognizing the accomplishments uh, that they have, um, that they've made over, over that week, each week. Um, so that would be the first practice that I would just say, as leaders, as managers, I think we can take the time to appreciate our people. And I also encourage them to, to recognize people outside of our team. So whether it's sending people a quick email, um, this month I'm actually kicking off a month of gratitude with my team where I'm like, let's every week take a few minutes and recognize one person outside of our team that has really helped us to have a terrific year. And um, we've set a goal for how many recognitions that means for the entire team. And I'm gonna be checking in with them. Hey, did you do your weekly recognition for someone outside of our team? And I just think recognition is so important. Uh, we spend so much of our lives at work and we want to feel valued and appreciated by the people that we're surrounded by. Totally, totally. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. And what, one of the things that I definitely picked up on you say was positive feedback. I think both in, both in large companies and smaller ones, I think one of the not so great habits that a lot of people have is they're great at giving feedback sometimes when it's not going well mm -hmm. but actually giving feedback when things are going well is often one of the most influential things um, and, and a lot of time when business owners come to me and they're like oh yeah but you know if they're doing the job well like I, I, I don't need to correct them um, but the mindset you have around giving feedback I, I think is super valuable and and I'm sure it works extremely well the way you do it, right? Well, it, and it, it's not about me just giving feedback. It's about the team doing it. And it creates a team culture. And if I had to say one thing that I love about my job, it's the team culture that I've got. And I didn't, I, I mean, I certainly put the, the blocks in place to build that team culture. But that team culture is built by the entire team, not just me as a leader. I enable it, but they're the ones who create it. And uh, there are days literally when I'll be on my staff meeting, listening to my team, like recognizing one another. And it like brings tears to my eyes because I'm like, oh, my gosh, what a team. Um, and, you know, like being vulnerable with them. And sometimes I come off mute because it's my turn to say something. 
and they can hear the emotion in my voice. And I'm like, you guys, I just feel so blessed to be part of a team that is this amazing. Um, and that doesn't mean that I don't have really high performers and some lower performers who, you know, I'm trying to coach up. I mean, everyone is in their own place on my team, but we've still been able to create this great culture. And I'm a small team. I mean, we have um, eight to 10 full-time employees given uh, any, at any given time. And then typically, you know, two to four interns on my team. So we're pretty small um, and we are supporting, you know, external groups outside of our team. So we kind of operate very independently from the rest of the organization. And that has its pluses and minuses because I get to create a culture that's all our own. And um, so that's one of the things that, that we do. Um, the other secret that I'll share is as a manager, I've learned um, you have to have weekly check-ins with your team. With, with your directs and even your second level, you should be checking in with them at least once a month um, because you drive the culture and you can't find blind spots in your team's culture if you're not regularly connecting with your people. Um, I tell my team that my job is to support them and get challenges and obstacles out of their way. So their job is to tell me if there's a challenge or not obstacle. I want to hear about those because I can't fix them if I don't know. And that is my sole responsibility as their manager. And um, so when I do weekly one-on-ones, I've got kind of a formula that I follow. Again, a fast practice that I stole from another leader that I worked for years and years ago. Yeah. Um, and she would have us send um, a summary email before each one-on-one. And the summary email was really simple. It was like, for each of the major things I'm working on, here's what I've accomplished, here are my next steps, and here's anything risk issues, decisions, anything I need you to know. And I can scan, I have my team just send me a quick table by email every week. I scan that email, it takes me like two minutes. And when I walk into that meeting, I know exactly what I need to talk to them about. And if there's nothing on there that I'm worried or concerned about, then I get to spend the entire time of our weekly one-on-one talking about them, their career development, how they're doing on different things they wanted to work on this, this year or this quarter. And it turns into just a development conversation about how things are going, how they're feeling. And I think that's really important. Uh, you know, sometimes these weekly one-on-ones, and I've had my fair share of them, turn into a report out. This is what I did. 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 This is what I'm going to do next week. And you can lose the entire time just with this status report out, which isn't very valuable to you as a manager, because at the end of the day, you're not really learning where you need to take action or how your person is feeling. And so I found this weekly email really makes my life a lot easier. Now, I do have to chase my team to get it. Like I have to send out reminders. Hey, guys, don't forget to send me your weekly one on one prep email. And, but they in general do it fairly uh, regularly. Only occasionally will somebody forget. And it totally changes the dynamic of my time with them each week. I mean, they get 30 minutes of my time and it allows those 30 minutes to be really impactful because we're focusing on where they need something for me um, or we're focusing on them and their career development. And um, I'm a leader who always asks them what they're developing, what they're working on um, in order to get to their next role. And I try to create those opportunities for them to have exposure to that or have the opportunity to develop that skill as part of their job. Um, and so it allows me to check in on that during that weekly one-on-one as well. 
And I think that is critically important for most entrepreneurs, right? Like particularly when you're running a small business, a small team, one of the most important things in my experience is getting people ready for the next level or for the next job role. And so often I see entrepreneurs that are like, oh, you know, I need to hire a new manager, but I don't have anyone. and I don't have anyone with the skill set. I'm like, if, if you develop your people regularly, there's often people within your own team who can fit into those roles. And that's exactly why it's so important to invest in that training and development. Mm -hmm. Because my experience is every time you hire someone from the outside, you put a significantly bigger risk on the company. Because when you're, uh, even when, if you're the best recruiter in the world, people make mistakes, right? We're dealing with human beings and eventually, you know, sometimes some people don't work out. And particularly in a small business, like you can't afford a lot of hiring mistakes. Sometimes hiring the wrong person is all the budget you have. And if it doesn't work out, it can be a huge, huge strain and sometimes set you back years because you don't have financial capacity to do other things and then really making sure you develop your staff is is for, for me for small business it's basically the the number one point all right because you you want to get into a situation where where you're building your future leaders you're building your future everything within your team right and, you know, the other piece of the potential loss of bringing someone from the outside in, the other piece that I would say is people within your organization realize you don't promote internally. And so what will end up happening, and we're seeing so much of that right now, is that people go, well, I'm not going to have any additional opportunity here. So if I want that opportunity, I need to start looking outside and then you lose your good talent. So it's also a retention problem. It's not just about the risk of bringing someone that's not a good fit um, into your small company or your small team, it also brings the risk of losing your good people because they realize they don't have opportunity uh, within your team. And so I 100% agree, you know, that commitment to their learning and development, I give them an hour a week. That's my commitment to them is you have uh, one hour a week to go learn something, go do something, take a training class, read a book, listen to a podcast, one hour a week, pay time, go invest in yourself. Yeah, love it, love it. Excellent. So, yeah, that was a lot about virtual teams and so on and, and development. So how, how do you create, particularly in a remote company, and, and many, many of the people listening here are running online businesses where they have remote staff, right? So how, in a situation like that, do you create a, a solid culture when it's all remote? And, and does it make a difference that it's remote? I think there's two key pieces to it. One is you've got to have regular connect points for the team, and they've got to be a mix of your business stuff, your weekly staff meetings, but then periodically you also need to do social interactive stuff. And we saw that when the pandemic hit, every company was trying to do something to engage their folks virtually. They were doing virtual happy, uh, happy hours, coffee chats, whatever the case might be. Um, what I have found is, uh, given the dynamics of what I do for my team, I will often have folks on my team work on things together. So they're rarely working on something by themselves. There's usually another member of my team that they're working on a project with because we're a project-based team. 
And each time they get a new project, it's with somebody else. And what that does is it enables relationships across the team to build the strength of that culture. So it's not just a one-sided web with a relationship to the manager. You also want to be building those relationships between the team members. And depending on your team, that may look differently, right? Um, you may not be able to have different people as part of their work job. Um, interacting with one another, but there's opportunities to do informal uh, projects within your team to do empl employee engagement. I mean, you can send out a free survey monkey to your team or a free mentee um, at mentimeter.com. Get ideas, get feedback. What would you like us to do? How can we build relationships? Your team will tell you. They will tell you. And then you know what your job as a leader is to do? Your job as a leader is to say, that's awesome. Now go do it. It's not for you to do it. It's for you to empower your people to do it. And so if they want to have a happy hour or they want to have uh, a service project that they do, because there are virtual service projects you can do, there are virtual escape rooms you can do, we've done those, um, tell them, here's your budget, go do it, go arrange it. And so-and-so um, and so-and-so, -so, you guys go, you own Octobers, you two own Novembers, you know, you just, you empower your team to go create the team that they want. Um, and it doesn't have to take up more of your time. I think that's a key thing. A lot of times we think when we get feedback from our teams, we have to do it. No, 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 no. This is a development opportunity for your team. Go find the folks on your team who are passionate about this and enable them to do it. The other piece that I would say is you have to be really um, focused when you're hiring new people that you're building a team and you're not building individuals. So this is where you use that mentality of basketball or of soccer, where everyone has their own role and that you want them to be sharp in their role, but they're still a team player. And I have found as I've done hiring that there are times when I'm looking for someone whose role literally is that they are the glue of a team. They are the heart of a team. They may not be the strongest candidate if I was to measure them on their process engineering or their communication skills, but you're in that interview and you realize this person is one of those people who is the glue of a team. They are the heart. Um, they help everyone feel connected and feel loved and teams need that. Um, sometimes we're too focused on finding that individual star who's that high performer. Well, if you end up with a team of just these individualistic superstars, you don't have a team. You have a group of people who are all individual superstars and they don't perform as well as a team that is well balanced. And so I, I, the other piece of advice I would give you is as you're hiring people, don't only look at skills. You also need to look at how that person fits into the team. Sometimes doing team interviews is a good way of doing that where you just one of the, in finger quotes, interviews for that individual is a team meeting where everybody on the team gets to kind of see how they fit and it's kind of a group dynamic conversation. Um, you need to make sure whoever you're hiring is somehow going to fit and that you have those people on your team that are also hearts. I mean, they're, they're walking hearts. They're the person everybody goes to who makes everyone feel good when they're interacting with them. They're still really good at what they do. But if you use something like, uh, if, you, if those of you who are familiar with like a desk or one of those uh, tools, you know, you're looking for that personality type um, that's sometimes called uh, steadfast or conscientious. Um, but it's those people who are connectors um, and engage with others and are really focused at building relationships, along with those people who are results oriented and driven. You need balance of all of those things. 
I love it. You just mentioned my favorite tool in the whole entire universe. So thank yeah. you very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I swear and live by disk a lot as I manage in both when building teams and in, in general, right? It, it's such a powerful tool and it's, yeah, it, it's also about understanding and, and avoiding one of the biggest mistakes that people make, which is hiring people that are exactly like themselves. And I think this has been one of the easiest way for me to work with clients to help them understand the types of people that are like them and both how to get some of them on the team, but also to get people who are very different from who they are and, and communicates very, very different from how they communicate, right? And I, one of my secrets on that, because like everyone, I have a blind spot there. I, I get along what, better with people who are just like me um, and think like me and, and can speak at my pace. Like you can bounce ideas off them this fast. And what I've learned is find the person. If you don't have somebody on your existing team who's like this and find a peer or somebody outside of your team who's the opposite, who complements like with an E, not an I, who complements your skill set and have them interview your candidate. Because then you're getting very different views of that person. They may rub you the wrong way because in my case, I talk really fast. And so sometimes people who speak really deliberately, I'm like, oh my gosh, get it out there, right? Like talk faster um, because I move at such a fast pace, but I need people on my team and in my world who are more deliberate and who think things through and aren't as reactive and responsive as I am. And so I have uh, peers who are more like that interview candidates to make sure I'm getting a better balanced picture. And it's not just my reaction to people. And I have a team of mini me's because I don't want a team of mini me's. I want diverse talent who challenges me to think differently. Um, I Ideally, I like one person on my team who is a little bit more like me because they serve as a translator to the rest of my team. I've learned that my team needs a translator because um, otherwise I'm very difficult to work with. Um, but that one person who, who thinks the same way that I do and can translate kind of what's coming out of my mouth sometimes to their peers. But otherwise, I look for completely different personalities on my team than my own. And I can't always spot them. So I have others help me uh, with my hiring for that reason. So what, one thing that I learned with, with regards to that is the fact that um, when you when you are in a situation and you're you're hiring and and you're, you're going through it, I I've ended up twice in the situation where I've hired no one like me, which uh, is definitely not a strength either, right? Because then you end up being the only one with your strength, which basically means it's more difficult for you to delegate and so on because you are the one owning your strength. So uh, particularly initially when I, when I started my first uh, bigger business, I was very keen on not hiring people like me, but I went too much on the other side of things and hired a bunch of people that was definitely not like me. And I ended up being, by nature, I'm very conscientious. So I ended up being the only, only analytical person in the team. And that unfortunately meant that I was doing a lot of the analytical stuff that I absolutely should not be doing. So that was one of my sort of big mistakes when I initially kicked off and, and started my, my first business, right? So. And it feels like this year, more so than any other year, I, my, my hiring has been an open door. I've had a role open for the entire year, one role or another. Um, just with the, you know, the natural evolution that happens, we've been doing a lot of internal promotions and a couple of people have chosen to 
to leave. And so I've really had a lot more time to think through what I'm looking for, just because I, I feel like I'm constantly trying to, to balance the team with, with new people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge this year, which I, I think all of us are experiencing with the amount of turnover um, as people are kind of reshuffling and, and rebalancing their own lives or pursuing other opportunities in many cases. Fantastic, Jennifer. Fantastic. Um, just before we finish up here, any amazing resources, anything you have learned a lot from that you can recommend to other people? Uh, so I love um, I love to read and I, I love podcasts. So I'm definitely one of those input, if you're familiar with Strength Finder, is, is one of my strengths. Um, and so I would say in terms of resources, one of the things that I have found to be extremely helpful, I referenced it earlier, is Menti. Um, so that's M-E-N-T-I, um, and it's actually mentimeter.com. They have a free version that you can use if you don't want to invest into a paid version. I think the paid version is 120 year or something like that. Um, but I love that tool because it gives me a way to get input from my team in a seemingly anonymous way. And it is anonymous for them, but it's live. Um, we'll use it sometimes during team meetings. I'll ask a question. There's an option where the answers just pop up. And you can have a conversation with that. Um, so I think that that has really enabled me to have candid conversations about things that are on people's minds with, with still giving them a level of anonymity. I said that word wrong, but um, to, their, uh, to their responses. So they don't have to own them if they don't want to. Um, so I definitely recommend um, Menti. And then honestly, any great book on gratitude, I think will help you um, provide some guardrails to your team in, in terms of how you provide recognition, because the worst thing you can do is um, the, the famous things that big companies will often do where they're like, thank you all for your contributions over the last quarter, because that type of recognition doesn't mean anything. So making sure that you do a little bit of, of research around how to give thoughtful recognition, and, and some of it is that it's timely and it's very concrete and specific, um, is really, really important. And that's whether it's in an email or you're encouraging your team to verbally um, give it. And then my last um, suggestion is measure what matters. So, um, you know, I, I talked about we're doing a uh, gratitude month. Well, a lot of people who would do something like that, they wouldn't measure anything. If it matters, it's measured. And so if you want your team to think that these different things that you're doing, you care about, then then you should encourage them um, by measuring it. The last, the last thing I'd mention is steal best practices. And you heard me mention this a lot. So uh, one of the other best practices I've stolen from out in the universe, Google University, um, Google does this thing where they allow any person at the company to teach any class that they want. And I was like, well, how could I do that? How could I leverage that thought? And that's what I ask myself when I see a best practice. How could I use that with my team? And so what we ended up doing is in every staff meeting, we've got 15 minutes where everyone takes a turn teaching something and it can be anything that they want. And that's how I've taken something huge that probably has way more resources at a big company like Google. And I've made it my own in my little team. And I try things and then I get feedback from my team and I drop them. If the team doesn't like it, I'm like, okay, we tried that for a quarter. Didn't work. Let's try something else. And so they see me willing to try and experiment. And that's what I would just say to you is let your team help you build the culture. You set 
what it is that you're trying to do. Let them tell you how to do it. I want a team that is engaged. How do I engage you? And let them help you come up with how to do that. So I would say the biggest resource that I can offer you is already there, and that's your team. Um, make sure you're getting their input into how you create the culture you're trying to build. Awesome, Jennifer. Awesome. If people are eager to get hold of you, what's the best place to do so? The easiest way to find me is LinkedIn. Um, so you can connect with me via LinkedIn, Jennifer Braganza. Um, I am on Facebook. If you look up Exponential Success with Jennifer Braganza, um, those are the two best ways to find me. Fantastic, Jennifer. Thank you very much for joining me today. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Excellent. And to the audience, thank you for listening all the way to the end. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.